Hey, welcome to another episode of the Marketer's Edge, an interview series designed to share senior level marketing executive perspective about the marketplace, agency relationships, marketer challenges, and opportunities. Our goal is to help marketers think more broadly about their business by learning from other marketers across different industries and to help provide perspective for agencies about the things marketers deal with every day to help them better represent their clients and win new business. Today, we're talking with Min Choi, the EVP and Chief Marketing Officer at Germania Insurance in Brenham, Texas. Min, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Really appreciate it. Nice to be here, Mark. We've got a a small handful of questions for you today, but thought before um, we started with that, maybe you can tell us a little bit about Germania Insurance so our viewers know what kind of insurance uh, firm it is. Sure. Uh, Germania is a company that's been around for over 125 years now uh, and only located in Texas, so all our customers are Texas-based. Uh, we primarily write property and auto policies. We do a little bit of life and commercial, but our bread and butter is property and auto. Um, and really, we just focus on the Texas market and making sure the um, the average Texan is, is taken care of from an insurance standpoint. That's great. Yeah. So it's curious as I you know studied up on Germania, uh, you know, curious how a, a firm like yours differentiates itself from the bigger national players that are out there. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because uh, we can't outspend them. Um, <laughs> that would be <laughs> reckless of me. Uh, and so we have to be creative with our dollars and, and make our dollars stretch a little bit more than usual. And, you know, we've done that with, you know, the advent of social media. That's actually been very helpful. Uh, the advent of, you know, all the ways we can target digital ads a little bit more effectively. Uh, OTT ads that are better targeted than commercial ads. Um the return, I think, would vary depending on which markets you're using, which markets you're, you're going after, um, getting demographic data. That's been very helpful. It's been such a difference from 15 years ago, let's say, where right. you really didn't have a lot of this data sources before. But now you have just as much data at your fingertips as you need. And sometimes it's little overload, right, where yeah. you have paralysis from all that data. How, um, from a, a messaging standpoint, as you think about what some of the bigger national players are doing, um, how does how does Germania sort of set itself apart from a messaging and positioning standpoint? So we will never sell ourselves on price. Uh, we, we just can't compete that way anyway. Our, our model is not set up that way. Uh, our model is really making sure we take care of our employees. Uh, we try to make it a great culture for people to work at Germania, which then resonates with the type of policyholder treatments that we have. We want to make sure they have the best customer experience that they could possibly have. Um, we don't have bare bones pricing. That's just not our, really our model. Uh, our model is really built for providing a quality service to our customers and providing them the customer care that they need in their greatest time of need. I think that's the one biggest thing about insurance is, you know, it's something that, you hate paying for, but you definitely want to have it if there's a loss of some yeah, sort. Yeah. yeah, and I would imagine being treated well during that time of need is really important and probably really uh, uh, helps define you know, uh, how an insurance company is thought of, I would imagine. Yeah, and I know that some of our competitors, when you know, in Texas, we had that storm back in 2021. right. Um, right. And they had a tough time getting people to Texas, right? Because there were still outages everywhere throughout Texas. 
Uh, and some people that are your employees are, are going through the right. exact same thing that your customers that are having losses are, are going through. So, uh, you know, our focus is Texas. Our people are all in Texas. And, you know, we were able to deploy them as quickly as possible and get to them uh, as fast as we could. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking yesterday with a uh, CMO from a, a, a small regional food chain in Wisconsin. And um a lot of what you said about service and caring for the customer uh, is a lot of what he said as well in terms of how he effectively differentiate, differentiates himself from, you know, regional and, and national players. So interesting to hear those parallels. Um, you know, yeah, the running, great, the, yeah the, go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, Mark, that one of the analogies that I think I can kind of relate because we're a far mutual company. Uh, basically, the company started as farmers helping other farmers that couldn't find insurance elsewhere. Now we've expanded that to writing other policies, but as a mutual company still within that, that core bloodline, uh, you know, our policyholders are our shareholders essentially, right? So the way I kind of liken our model is similar to the credit union model of banks where credit unions, the, the members are really the shareholders. Unlike if you're a stock company, uh, your shareholders are your shareholders. And unless you own a piece of that stock, you know, you really don't have any voting rights. Our members vote every single year. Actually, our, our annual election is coming up in two months. And hopefully we have a lot of people voting for some of the, uh, the board members and the decisions that we make. And, uh, you know, that gives them some say into the organization and our primary interest is making sure that our policy holders are, are best served. Yeah, that's great. I would imagine, you know, running uh, uh, marketing for an insurance company has got to be different than running marketing for, say, a consumer packaged goods company. You know, you have to not only be thinking about your end customers, but also your sales team and your brokers, maybe. You know, can you talk a little bit about how it's different in, in your you know opinion and how and the kind of things that a, a marketer like you has to uh, do to be successful? Yeah, it's definitely not the sexiest business, right? So I'm not <laughs> selling an iPhone or um, something that's easy to kind of give away for free because there's a lot of insurance regulation. A lot of people don't think about that as well. We have a lot of requirements when it comes to how we market our product, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do, things like that. Okay. Um, so that becomes a challenge in itself. But, uh, you know, I think that the beauty of it is is just kind of marketing to try to get your name out there, get your branding, feeling, generating a feeling of trust is the primary thing that you have to do with, with your customer base. And, you know, hopefully if you do a good job that, you know, those customers will then refer you out to other people and and kind of say that, yes, this is a trustworthy company. We have that added layer where we don't sell our policies direct like other carriers. So we are totally reliant on a B2B model and having that agent feel that way as well. So We can have a great relationship with customers, but if our agents aren't selling our policies, then that becomes a challenge. So we, we have two areas that we kind of have to make sure that we're, we're making sure that our business partners, our agents, fought, feel the same way about our company and right. want to invest in our company, sell, sell our policies. And then on top of that, that we're reaching our customers and they feel confident in our policies. Got it. Do, do you know, those are um, maybe too similar from a tonality standpoint to similar kinds of messages, but, you know, probably different in terms of what you're trying to get each of those audiences to do. Um, do, do you manage all of that work internally in, in, in setting each of those uh, constituents up 
you know, with the appropriate sort of end message and, and tools in the part, you know, on the part of the, your, your broker group that are uh, uh, selling your policies? We do a majority of that in-house. You know, we have some outside partners that we've worked with in the past. Um, so it, it's it's a mix. I, yeah. I, I don't want to say 100%, but we do right. a majority of it in-house. Right. Yeah, okay. I'm curious, um, just changing the subject a bit over the past couple of years with COVID, you know, did you discover any brand new approaches to marketing and communicating with your customers and your sales channel uh, that maybe, you know, you think you'll keep going and using post the pandemic? And, and if so, you know, what what uh, were those? You know, it wasn't something that um, that we learned. It was something that we wanted to do. Okay. And because of, you know, because of COVID, it actually accelerated something that we wanted to try out. And and that was really go, giving back to, to the community more. I mean, we, we did some, but we really wanted to put some ownership behind it. Uh, and we wanted to dedicate 10% of our ad budget every year hmm. uh, to that. And it was tough, right? Because you have so many things that you need to accomplish. And with a limited budget, trying to find money is difficult. Yeah. So, but with COVID, you know, we had a lot of things that were canceled, a lot of things that right. we received credits on. And so we said, hey, this is a great opportunity for us to, you know, take that, take those dollars and invest it into the community. Uh, we had just in our, in, in Brenham, where the company is located, mm-hmm. you know, there was businesses that were suffering. So we injected, lo- you know, locally to those, to those businesses uh, through the Chamber of Commerce and donated directly there. We also donated directly to a lot of food banks, gave to uh, many organizations, especially frontline healthcare workers, um, to feed them and, and benefit them as well. So that was, we don't do that really for the notoriety or anything like that. It's just, it, it makes you feel good that you're benefiting people that are, are Texans. Yeah, that's great. And and, and that sense of community and and belonging uh, to something, you know, like Germania, um, you know, it's got, I mean, as we talked earlier, it's got to be an important part of what distinguishes your firm from other much bigger players out there. It's harder for a, an Allstate or what, you know, some of the bigger uh, operations to um, really build a sense of community uh, the way, you know, you just described. And yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, because I've, I've, um, I've, I've looked at your site, I saw how important philanthropy, you know, seemed to be, and it, it you know, definitely is. And, I've, you know, I've heard a lot about, you know, many brands trying to find their purpose, a reason to believe that goes beyond just the functional benefits. And, and uh, it sounds like you, you guys have, have worked hard to, uh, to achieve that, which is great. Um, yeah, and I wish we had more resources and more dollars to be able to, to do more. Uh, you know, at some point, I'd like to see if we can um, at least have some sort of, you know, I know Adidas does this campaign where they take recycled plastics and they make shoes every year yeah. uh, and they sell those online. I mean, that's a great initiative. Uh, we, right. We'd love to get to some point where we can do something like that. Hopefully in the near future, we'll be able yeah. to do that. We've got some some things on the works and if they pan out, maybe we'll be able to um to release them. That's great. Yeah. And I, I know you said, you know, your, your end goal isn't to, uh, to get patted on the back for a nice job done, but, uh, uh, do you feel like the community at large recognizes the things that, uh, Germania does? Absolutely. And I think just the people, even if they don't know that we impacted their lives, I think that's a great feeling in itself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny being in the business over 20 years and, 
when I first started, my main goal was to try to hit my numbers, right? So my bosses <laughs> would give me a pat on the back. Uh, as you get older, you feel like, okay, well, I want to make an impact on society and I right. want to leave the world a better place. So yep. maybe there is something about, you know, actually gaining some some truth and knowledge when you get older. Yeah, right, right on. I'm, I'm all in on that for sure. Um, so any any perspective or thoughts you can share relative to how you think the insurance landscape will change in the future? Yeah, I, I think it's going to get pretty tough and, and different, right? Because we've got the increase of electric cars that can pretty much stay out of accidents, you know, according yeah. to everything that they tell us, right. uh, self-driving and so forth, right? And, you know, the way they're backing it in many cases and the way they've talked about it is, hey, we're going to insure these cars ourselves. So that's something we have to kind of look at. How do you insure a self-driving vehicle? Um, what happens if there's an accident with a self-driving vehicle, yeah. with another self-driving vehicle? So there's so many factors that are coming with insurance on the auto side. Um, on the home side, you know, the weather patterns are getting so it's so bizarre. I, yeah. I don't really know how yeah. else to dis- explain it. But, you know, it was so much easier when it was very predictable that you had, you know, you might have had a hailstorm or you had hurricanes here. Or the, but it's, you know, you keep hearing stories in different parts of the states where, you know, this has never happened here or this is a once in a lifetime storm that's that that's right. occurred. Well, that's happening more than once in our lifetime yeah. that we're hearing that same story. Yeah. Um, so that's making our actuary jobs a lot harder to, to predict for these things and make sure that we have the right pricing. I, I think we're probably going to, you know, we're ingesting as much analytics as possible. It just seems like that the analytics just needs to catch up to all this strange weather patterns that mm. we're having. All right. um, but, you know, it, it, yeah. I, someone mentioned I was on another interview and, and they mentioned something about NFTs and how that would affect the way we do things. And I, I still don't think that we're at a space at this point where uh, that's going to come into play, for, at least from the insurance side of things. But it could come into play from a marketing side of things. I, sure. I just, sure. I just yeah. don't know if that space is really viable at this point. Yeah. At least right. from uh, an insurance side and, yeah. and marketing insurance products. Yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Um, one last question. Just curious, I mean, if you were out looking for an agency, just to give our agency viewers some perspective about, you know, the things that are important to marketers. What, you know, if you were shopping for an agency, what, what sorts of things would you look for in an agency to, uh, uh, you know, help support your business? You know, I think one of the challenges um, that. I, and, and I'm guessing here, Mark, because I, I don't know that side of the fence, right? Um, and you might be able to enlighten me a little bit more. Okay. Uh, but, you know, many agencies still have this retainer fee that you have to pay. And as a marketer, you look at that fee as an expense that's never going to be recouped. So if that's going to be recouped, you're going to have to add that dollar figure in some capacity, right? So, for example, if you're going to get X impressions for me, are you also going to recoup that in the in the dollars that I've sent on the retainer fee? Right. I understand there's an expense to having a, a, an agency, and that is something that you know you may have to use and offset your costs. Uh, but as a marketer, I'm looking at that as an additional expense, and I'm putting that into the final budget when I'm saying that does this make sense? Um, you know, and I, I don't know if technology has changed the way agencies now kind of relate to companies, right? There's so many companies out there, smaller boutique companies that have just started out of the blue that seem like, or at least they tell you, right, they can reach the same markets that some of these well-known agencies are. 
So I think that's that's where some of the challenges are. That's yeah. something that has you have to have that candid conversation with yeah, that marketer definitely. at that point. Definitely. Yeah, the market is uh, uh, a, a whole lot more complex today than it was when I started this business back in 2005. And, and yeah, asking the right kinds of questions of agencies when you're looking at them. And, and you're right, you know, uh, smaller firms can oftentimes do uh, just as good a job as some of these bigger agencies out there and, and probably move a lot faster and be a lot more agile as the, the market changes. Um, so, uh, yeah, and the fee structure, you know, uh, I, I see it go both ways. Some marketers like it because, uh, you know, the agency is going to give them as much value as they can give them. And, 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 uh, and they're not being necessarily nickel and dime for everything. And, and others, uh, you know, find sort of more of a project-based uh, uh, pricing structure to be more favorable because you know what you're getting. There's a beginning and an end. And, um, you know, so it kind of depends on, you know, the, the marketer and their business and, and, and you know, what they what, what their needs are and what, can, what, what they can stomach. So, um, but uh, no, it's, you know, good, good to get your perspective on that, you know, coming from where you're coming from and it's all, uh, all definitely of, of value. So well, listen, man, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Go I was ahead. just going to say that I would say the one thing that's I've noticed dealing with different, uh, different agencies, listen to your customer first and foremost <laughs> of what they're trying to achieve. Uh, a lot of times, I've been pitched, this is what you need to do, as opposed to, hey, this is what you're trying to achieve. This is how you achieve that. Yeah. And I'm here to be educated. I'm, I don't know everything. So when an agency comes into to my office and says, here, here's what you're trying to accomplish. Here's why you want to accomplish it this way. And, and I know you haven't gone into this space, but this is why you want to take a look at this, um, as opposed to kind of keeping it in the dark. I, I love listening to people. And, and that's, that's why, you know, I agreed to have this conversation with you because I enjoy hearing your perspective as well. So, yeah. well, I appreciate um, that. Yeah. you yeah, know, by yeah. all means have like a fluid conversation with the individual. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and too often, you know, uh, I shouldn't say too often, oftentimes, uh, agencies, you know, don't do a good job of listening and just do a lot of talking, <laughs> not really un fully understanding, you know, what the, the marketers needs are before they come to the table with solutions. So, so, uh, you know, absolutely, uh, right. And, and wanting that from a firm. So, um, yeah, well, listen, Ben, I, I really appreciate, uh, the time that you've taken today and you've given us some great perspective, not, not only as it relates to marketing and how you manage your business, but I think just the, the business and the industry overall, I think that kind of perspective is really helpful. Different marketers in different industries and situations, learning how other marketers do things. So that's that's great. Min uh, Choi from Germania Insurance, thanks so much for uh, making the time today. Thanks for having me on, Mark. 